Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Today's episode is brought to you by Bankless DAO's Podcast Hatchery, the podcast accelerator program by Bankless DAO. The Podcast Hatchery is a revenue-producing and mindshare-expanding opportunity to drive the bankless message and vision. It will empower individual creators to develop their own content, improve their production skills, grow an audience, and so on. Have a show idea? Want to get experience? The ins and outs of producing a podcast? Or just curious? Drop by the Podcast Hatchery channel in the Bankless DAO Discord server. Hey everybody, this is Ben Ip, and I am here with Think Decade from Bankless Africa. Uh, a lot of you may have seen it here in the in the in the server on Discord, um, and we're really excited to be talking to you guys. Think Decade, how you doing, man? What's up? What's up, Ben? How's it going, GM? GM, GM. So, why don't you tell us about Bankless Africa? What is Bankless Africa all about? Well, Bankless Africa is a note from the Bankless DAO that is focused on educating and onboarding everyday Africans to Web3. Um, and we are basically focused on three main areas. So we have education, we have onboarding, and so and we also have social impact, right? So um, the nature of Africa is, is such that you have to sort of be on the ground um, so you, you can do your normal education, but then you also have to sort of reach the people. And that is where like our sort of um, onboarding comes in. So, um, yeah, so basically just like that, extending the, the mission and then the vision of the Bankless DAO to everyday Africans to help onboard them to Web3. I mean, how is that going? What are what what are some of your your project's most immediate goals? You know, how how would you define success of those? I mean, just just with respect to the those three pillars that you're discussing. Yeah. So, um, we we sort of like this this project is um, it's a sort of a long term. Um, we 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 are taking a long term perspective, and so it's we 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 are sort of trying to develop each of the aspects that I've just mentioned, one after the other. So if you pick um, education, for instance, um, we have like um, the normal ways of, you know, educating the masses, um, which can be through um, social media. So we have like a Twitter account. We have um, a Telegram group. We have a Facebook group, actually, with over 700 people in there. and we also have like um, a podcast that is coming up um, strongly. So we, mm. we're using that as a sort of like the normal way of um, reaching the masses. And um, so we, we also doing education in languages or making references that is um, a bit local. And as we have seen, um, a lot of the media out there about crypto is um, 
references are made in like um, a Western way. And so sometimes people are not able to relate to what they listen to. And that is where um, Bangladesh Africa sort of comes in. Um, when we are educating, we want to make um, local references or localized references that people can relate to. So if you talk about uh, maybe Bitcoin and maybe you can make an example using maybe mobile money. And mobile money is like um, a technology that that um, has taken Africa by storm and a lot of Africans are using it. So if you explain Bitcoin and you can make a reference to mobile money and use that as an as an example, uh, people are able to better understand what you are talking about. Um, and also, you know, their culture. So <laughs> you need to infuse their, their culture into the um, education that you are giving for people to be more connected, right? So um, when it comes to education, um, that's what Bankless Africa is doing. Uh, but we take it a bit step further and this sort of also um, brings us into the area of onboarding, right? So, uh, the, you know, the typical education would lead to maybe people um, coming in into the space. Um, but in Africa, it's, it's sort of like you need, to, you need to be on the ground, right? You need to really reach out to the people because most people are preoccupied with life if i should, if i should use that term and so if if you want to if you want your message to reach the people sometimes you have to reach out to them and so in the area of onboarding for instance we try to host events and workshops in real life and so we do like educational tours and for instance we currently have a university tour which is ongoing in ghana and what we are doing is we are organizing workshops in universities um, where we meet students. You know, it's, it's a big event, so students attend. And from those events, we, we talk about Web3 technologies, we talk about DeFi, we talk about Bitcoin, we talk about DAOs. And during the event, we have parts where we set them up, we, we help them set up their wallets. Um, so practical you know workshops or in real life events like that really helps with with the onboarding um and so that's sort of like doing education and then adding like practical onboarding to it and and that's really helping um onboard a lot of people to 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 crypto um in addition to you know the the usual mass communication stuff that we do um another key aspect of bankless africa and i think this is um, one of the areas that sort of um, makes uh, Bankless Africa stand out from maybe other media notes or international media notes is our social impact um, um, section of, of the project. Uh, and so, I mean, Africa, as we all know, I think this is a known fact, uh, is, is sort of plagued with a lot of social economic problems. Um, yeah, but the interesting thing is that you have Africa is sort of like the the youngest um, population or populated continent, and yet you have a lot of socioeconomic problems like um, widespread unemployment, um, a lot of social unrest here and there, right? So, um, how then do we sort of like tap into the innovations or the technology of crypto? to help solve some of these socioeconomic problems, right? So 
in in that aspect, we are looking at driving skills and talent to Web3, right? So that's like one area of the social impact where we think that a lot of people who are skilled or a lot of the youths that are skilled um, and but don't have work, essentially unemployed, why don't we try to drive those skills and talent to Web3 um, for them to use those, you know, those skills, right? And of course, we know that Web3 is powered by blockchain and, and crypto. So you look at, for instance, DAOs, right? So DAOs, um, DAOs need contributors um, with various set of skills. And so we're looking at driving, um, you know, talented or skillful Africans to DAOs um, where they can contribute and then earn something from, you know, contributing those skills and talents. Um, we also looking at, um, um, I mean, we setting up um, bounties on our website, or we are linking uh, various bounties within Web3 to our website, which is upcoming, by the way, version two of our website is coming. Um, <laughs> the website is still in version one. Um, so with version two coming, we are thinking of creating like um, this uh, this page where you know you uh, people from Africa can just go in there and then scout out various bounties or opportunities in the web3 space and then basically you know um tackle those or try and then work on them and then you know earn something right so it's it, we we are very very and like i said this project is we, we are taking a very long term perspective because some of these things it's it's not an instance um or it's not uh, it's not set up in the short term so it's yeah it's a gradual process but yeah these are some of the things that we are doing and then we also have community members who are actually um passionate and um talking about ubi um so basically leveraging DeFi to build a self-sustaining ubi system where that can also be used to support a lot or many vulnerable um, African communities. And we actually have some of the community members or core contributors within the project actually already setting up a pilot program, right? So we have um, a contributor within Bankless Africa. His name is Tadi, um, who has been able to set up a pilot UBI program leveraging DeFi to help um, vulnerable women in Zimbabwe, right? So there's this um and and it's also um act as an onboarding uh, mechanism where for you to access the ubi you sort of have to set up a crypto wallet to access it right so <laughs> it's a very very interesting and exciting uh project that we are undertaking uh so we have usual education and onboarding and then also trying to leverage um, the power of web3 to solve socioeconomic um, um, problems in Africa, right? So, yeah, then it's it's exciting. It's <laughs> really inspiring. Yeah, it's really exciting to hear. I mean, I I had no idea about the pilot UBI program uh, in Zimbabwe. That is really fascinating. What you know? I mean, with with respect to uh, Bankless, and I don't know exactly how you 
personally or how you guys came into, uh, you know, becoming aware of, of Bankless. But, you know, with, in my experience, I guess, uh, Bankless is very Western centric and that just might be because I'm Western, but, uh, and that's my own experience. But if that is true, or even if it's partially true, what's it like dealing with, you know, such a Western centric, uh, platform, if you will? All right. So, um, uh, yeah, just a quick recap, right? Um, I think you asked, um, what are some of our immediate, um, I don't know, challenges, but like maybe we'll come to that. Yeah. But to answer this question, um, well, I was here since day zero. So, <laughs> you know, I've, yeah, the, the HQ podcast has been, um, one of my main source of, uh, information or um, education since I joined, um, the, as it has for a while. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, actually the episode where they announced the DAO, the launching of the DAO, I listened to that episode and then like straight up, I joined, I joined from there. And I, I think that was the first day or so. Um, so yeah, I, I've been here since the beginning and, you know, being in the space, um, Personally, I'm a very curious person and I've been in um, other DAOs before Bankless DAO, right? But what really pulled me into or made me stay in, in, in Bankless is sort of like the mission and, and, and the vision because it spoke directly to me, right? Especially from my background, where I'm coming from. I just, you know, it's like, okay, so educating and onboarding people, it's like what Africans need. Right. There's so much misinformation happening in Africa. And, and then personally, I've been a victim to some of these uh, misinformation, right? You, getting into crypto and you have all over the place. They are talking about trading, right? You, you get into groups and all of that. And all they are talking about is scammy projects. And so, I mean, I've been a victim. And so being in the DAO from day one and looking at the vision and the mission and what what the DAO is really about and what it's doing, I just realized that this is this is this is for Africa, right? Like this speaks so much to the situation in Africa that someone has to or, or some people have to at least bring this mission and vision to Africa. Right. And and so that's where I sort of wrote um a proposal uh to the governance forum. I think that was in June or or July. Um and yeah that is when Bankless Africa started. That is awesome. Yeah, and, and to also address the 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 question of being um, a Western culture. Yeah, I think it is in some way, but I think Bankless is 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 Bankless DAO is 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 one of the most culturally diverse DAOs that we have. Um, I mean. Yeah. I mean, like, um, basically, yeah, major contributors and a lot of contributors are from, from, you know, the West. Uh, but it's sort of also like the Western culture to sort of quickly mobilize, right? Or, and organize around a shared vision and, and, and get stuff done. And so that there's a little bit of, um, cultural differences in there. Um, and when when it comes to Africa, it's 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 so we are new to this way of you know doing stuff that, it, it, but we it, it's like a gradual process, and we have seen other cultures um um 
sort of um, diffusing <laughs> into the DAO. And, and, and as you have seen, Bankless Africa is, you know, we gradually, the project is, is becoming this um, big project tackling uh, various areas. And we are also, we also sort of have our own um, um, place within the community where we, we, there's a, a cro- people just come there for vibes. You know, there's a lot of vibe with the African culture and we have, you know, Westerners and people within the DAO just coming on to meet meetings to, to, you know, to feel that vibe. And, um, we also have people like me and other core contributors on the project who are also sort of like active contributors within the DAO, right? So like I'm a level two and I don't just contribute on Bankless Africa. I, I am involved in a lot of DAO, um, sorry, I'm sorry, a lot of guilds and project actually right so it's, it's, it's a cross-cultural blend and i'm learning a lot from you know the western um, cultural work ethics and also sort of um you know my having the african culture within me it's it's just reshaping you know the way we work so you have all this culture coming to meet at one place and then you just pick the best of both worlds and then you you just go on, you know, doing stuff with it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's amazing. I, I would I would imagine I would imagine that the people are maybe uh, that are native to uh, Bankless Africa. Uh, I, I could see it being interesting to see, you know, f- from your perspective, to to bring people in, uh, you know, like you said, on the ground, like some of the people that maybe you bring in on the ground bring them into the DAO and then see them interact with other nodes within the DAO itself to sort of gain that learning experience of Web3 and learning Web3 and crypto, you know, from other elements of the DAO. I would imagine that that, that might be really uh, an interesting thing to see sometimes. And it must happen, I assume. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think it's 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 one of the most amazing uh, experiences Right. So we've had, um, people who have come in and I, I mean, what helps is, uh, Bankless Africa as a platform within the DAO, right? Because uh, there's been actually a lot of people from Africa entering the DAO who were basically lost and didn't know what was going on. Right. Even myself, it took a couple of months for me to sort of adjust as um really from from a cultural perspective right some of the things i, I had to mentally do a 360 and just you know so so it's like damn what's going on here let me just take a back seat let, let me just relax a bit and 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 some of the interactions you know you have to you have to just you know, it's, it's, it's so, it's, it's such amazing. Like when, when culture clashes and there's um, communication, there's coordination. And so what helps is that because we have, um, like a home, let me use, let me use that term, like a home within Bankless DAO. Now the new, um, people that are coming from, um, African side, when they come in, they are able to relax and feel at home within Bankless Africa. And then they are hyped, uh, and then there's the vibe there, and then there's a gradual transition into the into the DAO or into other guilds and projects, right? So it used to be that when you came in 
from like, in the beginning when you came in, there was chaos. It's like you were in a new world. You didn't know what was happening. Um, and because of that, a lot of people were not able to really contribute because it, it was just um, a new world to them. But now there is a home and when you come in, you just settle right at home and you have community members helping you understand what the DAO is all about. And then also trying to recommend guilds and projects where you can settle in right away and, you know, gradually, you know, transition to other, you know, uh, more sophisticated stuff. And actually, I've had a, a personal experience with one one guy that I onboarded. Um, so he, 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 you know, he just sent me a Discord um, and he said, hey, I saw Bankless Africa. What is it about? And I said, oh, it's, it's a note. And we are currently within the Bankless DAO Discord. And, you know, we organized and sort of operate from there. He said, okay, cool. How, how do I get in? So I sent him the link and he joins. And, you know, he has to go through first quest. He had a lot of issues with <laughs> first quest, but I kept, you know, nagging him that you should just, you know, continue. So he does that and he comes in. And then I have initial talks with him and I say, okay, go ahead and explore, right? And then he just starts. He, if he has a problem, he, you know, he circles back and we try to flesh it out. And today he's actually in a role in, in, in the design. I think if you're, yeah, if you guild, he has a role in there and he does talent coordination for the guild, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's so amazing when, you know, some of these things happen and, He's also sort of like a, a university student. And in the last month, we've had a lot of university students actually getting onboarded by him. Almost all of his friends are lented actually <laughs> being onboarded into the DAO. And they are designers. They are, some are software engineers. Um, some are programmers and they are actually responsible for building the Bankless Africa website version two right now. And most of them, yeah, most of them are taking bounties, like designing pull-ups and, you know, basically doing stuff. So it's just amazing when, you know, there's a cultural clash and, you know, trying to leverage on all this and learn from other cultures and be a better version of uh, <laughs> ourselves. And I lo- I, I, yeah, I, I like the, <laughs> uh, the pos- positive, uh, positive spin on culture clash. That's really cool. So uh, your website's coming out. Uh, how can people, can people find you beyond this, uh, Discord server right now? Yep, 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 yep. Right. So, um, we are on Telegram. We have a Bankless Africa group on Telegram and we also have a, a Facebook group. Um, we are on Twitter. So you can follow us on Twitter. Um, you can join the Telegram uh, group, which is sort of like a, a more, um, enclosed group, uh, where we have discussions, where we have education. Um, and we also have the Facebook group. It, it's, um, it's a private but open group. So you can send in a request and be accepted into the group. Uh, we, I mean, we are on most of the social media platforms, um, TikTok, um, uh, Instagram, even LinkedIn, right? For the boomers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> <love> yeah. <laughs> well, think decade. Thank you for uh, for your time and for your for your insight and for this information and this knowledge. This has been a great culture clash, uh, and uh, 
I hope to talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, just one last thing that I want to add is if you are out there and Bangladesh Africa is not limited to, you know, Africans, um, it's, it's a project and it's an initiative, right? That we want to, uh, push, uh, basically to help, uh, the African continent, um, get onboarded to Web3. So it's not limited to, I mean, we have core contributors who are not Africans, right? Um, so if, if, if you want to come and come and, you know, help this project, actually I'm calling out for contributors because we, we are still sort of like trying to organize and get more contributors and work on a lot of stuff. Um, so if you are interested in this project and you want to come, um, and help out, um, yep, we would be glad to have you. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to yourself, Ben. Um, it's been an amazing conversation. And yep, hope to catch you on the next one. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. All right, man. Enjoy your day. Hi, I'm Drost. And today I'll be interviewing... Jipe. Jipe, I hope I pronounced your name correct. Is that, did I do that right? Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody calls me Jipe uh -huh. anyway, so it's whatever, whatever. So we first chatted a few months ago and you had just joined Bankless DAO. What was your entry point? How did Jipe uh, get into this space? How did you come into crypto and Web3 or? Where would you like to begin with that? Thanks for the question. I love it. I, I, I've, I've really been wanting to tell that story to somebody. Um, so me joining BDAO was actually, uh, my husband had been encouraging me to do it for quite a long time. I think the entire summer he'd been nagging me to, you know, check it out, check it out. Um, and I was always shying away. And the background to the, to the, to the whole thing is that um, I'd been on a maternity leave for probably close to four years now because I had two kids, um, one following the other very closely. And so I never returned to my corporate job. And then we switched countries and then there were big changes in our lives. So I had been out of work for a long time. And now that we finally settled in the new country where we moved to, to where we moved, it's Spain. Um, I started looking for a job and, uh, my, my previous jobs had been, I'd been a project manager in Coca-Cola. And after that, I was a, I was a delivery manager in, in, in HP, really like as corporate as it gets. And honestly, of course, as most people, I was searching for things that I was already familiar with. So I was looking at project management positions or, or service delivery management. And honestly, just reading the, the job ads. Oh my God, made me want to throw up. I really didn't want to go back to this. I realized that I was really, really not interested in going back in an office and spending my whole day in an office. All the more that now I was a mom, you know, I also had kids with whom I wanted to spend those precious hours as opposed to spend um, commuting or, or just in a corporate job. Just, it seemed all very, uh, what's the word here? Well, it, it just didn't make any sense anymore for me to, to do that. And uh, so my husband knew all of that and uh, him being a, a developer, he's uh, way more acquainted than me with Web3, crypto and all this, these spaces. Uh, even for a, for a company that's 
has to do with crypto. They make their own crypto analytics tools, APIs and stuff. And so he's into, really into that. And been, he'd been advising me to join the DAO, to join Bankless DAO, to check it out. And I was shying away because, um, well, I kind of imagined it to be a place full of, well, only developers, coders, and maybe some crypto um, gurus and people who really knew their stuff. And and there I was, uh, you know, a 35-year-old mom who's a philologist, by the way, but my university education is philology. So I speak a few languages, but I had, I had no idea about Web3 or crypto or any of these things. And I was really, really reluctant to do it. But seeing as how I didn't find a job couldn't even bring myself to apply uh, because I hated the ads and just the thought of going back to corporate. Um, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna take a little pause here and ask you how it's going. Oh no, this is great. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think the first there's a couple of things that struck me there. One is the fact that you had multiple life changes, major life changes happening. It sounded like right around the same time or within probably months or a year of each other. You moved out of your corporate job, you became a new mother, you moved to a new country. Those are some of the top three stressors in life that are big changes. And I'm just wondering how was that difficult to navigate? I know that kind of gets away from a conversation about Bankless Dow and all of that, but I mean, there have been so many so much turmoil over the last few years and disruption. And I totally resonate with you on reading job descriptions and want ads and things. Um, you're absolutely right. It was it was a, a time of turmoil indeed, because creating a family, becoming a new parent is a huge task. And then having two kids, one after the other, made it like exacerbated the whole, the whole feeling of, of me being an inadequate mother and just how am I ever going to, to, to live through that? You know, a crying baby and then a toddler in the other room. All, all those things, super difficult. And then on top of that, we decided to move, switch countries. And we moved to Spain where we don't even speak the local language yet or now a little bit more, but at the beginning we didn't. So it was all um, a lot of obstacles to overcome. And the thought of me going back to work and sort of incorporating a full-time day job it just sounded impossible and this was um, I'm sorry if it sounds cheesy but it really comes from my heart like Bankless Dao has made it possible for me to like enjoy my family life enjoy my life in this amazing country that we moved to and this amazing city with just so many new positive experiences and it's all possible because I'm able to you know just in the morning wake up get my kids ready, ride them off to kindergarten with my bike and then come home and then I'm able to go do some shopping and do all the mom things that I have to do. I'm able to do all those things that are necessary for a household to run. But then I can also sit down on my couch and open my laptop and, and just, you know, work for two two hours if that's all I have today. And still I'm able to I'm I'm able to support the family budget. Obviously my husband makes the most the most in, in, in our house, but I'm also able to contribute. And that also helped me feel a little bit more like myself, like prior to becoming a mom. Because when you become a mom for, for some, for, you know, I don't know how long, but for some time there, you're only that and nothing else. And that was getting a little bit, um, this narrative was kind of getting old. I needed to go back to, to feeling, um, maybe to, to feeling more, I'm sorry, I'm like I'm looking for oh, the word right. here, but 
maybe um, fulfilled? Yeah, thank you. Fulfilled is great. Yeah, to feeling more fulfilled and just to start reintroducing things back to my life. One of which was a job because I, I like working. I like doing my job. And so, yeah, honestly, again, sorry if it sounds cheesy, but BDAO has made that possible because honestly, even if, if I had found a job which would be home office entirely, which was I was looking for, but honestly, it, there's not that much, even in post-corona times, um, not that much in terms of only working from home. So I don't know how I would have made it work. And now it kind of started working. So yeah, touching on your second question, was absolutely sure that I would be out of place in Bidao just due to this um, this image that I had of it as being a space full of just coders, developers, and, and then crypto people. Um, and then, so when I finally decided to, okay, give it a try, you know, for the sake of my family life and family happiness, because my husband was like really, really pushing for me to do it. Um, I installed Discord. I, I never even used Discord before, so I installed it. And then I got through the whole fire hose um, phase. Um, I got the first tags and everything. And then went on to introduce myself. I really, when I start doing something, I do not like to procrastinate. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go through all of this. I'm going to introduce myself and I'll just see what happens. And then, Joss, I'm, I kid you not, I introduced myself, said, okay, I literally wrote down, I'm probably going to be the odd one here, but I'm a philologist <laughs> and I speak um, these and these languages. And, and I mentioned German among others. Um, and then there was the guild coordinator of the translators, Grendel, who was just super welcoming, super warm and just so friendly. And then there was the lead translator of the German translators. And like within the first hour of me being in the DAO, he already asked, super in super friendly and you know nonchalant manner he was like oh here i got a translation a decentralized arts newsletter would you like to translate it um, what what is this serious <laughs> i couldn't believe it honestly i couldn't believe this that this was happening it was really again reiterating within the first hour of me installing this cord seeing it for the first time and there were all these people welcoming me, being friendly, and none of them was like, oh, no, you don't belong. No, on the contrary, they were like, oh, you should join the translators, go get the tag, blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, so I didn't have much time to translate the entire decentralized arts, but um, I did have time for like two pages, and uh, that's what I sent him. And I was being super apologetic about this. Um, I'm talking about Paul Paul Eve, he's, he's the lead translator of the German, uh, of the German translators. And he, he said, no, 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 no need to apologize. Uh, thank you very much for, for your help, blah, blah. He never said anything about money. And so, of course, I thought I was doing this pro bono. I couldn't even imagine that I was going to get something. And then by the end of, by the end of the day, he had tipped me 200 bank. So there I was already had, had my first task. I'd made my first bang cool face here. <laughs> and, and I was, I was, <laughs> No, there was, that was really literally mind blowing. I already felt this huge sense of belonging in me. I was like, okay, I want to, I want to see what else I can do. How these people actually need my contributions. Like what I have to offer is something they're interested in. And no, this was, it was unbelievable. Honestly, I, I, pff, uh, there are no words. <laughs> wow. 
that's incredible. Uh, you you jumped in right away, and I know some people do, and then there's others, and, and I'm one of them that that had tended to lurk a little bit at the beginning. And I've talked to to some other folks that did that as well. But no, that's really exciting to hear that that you had jumped in and immediately were able to participate and feel welcomed. That's how I felt too. I I have and as people who hear me talk of and they know this i was never very active in in online communities i wouldn't post much or really engage at all but for some reason uh discord was new to me and, and all of the space was new to me and and popping into bankless you're right it was very welcoming and after a couple of posts and people don't shoot you down you feel more comfortable to to communicate and be a little more open but yeah um, well, so you said that, um, and I know that is a bit of a misconception in this space, and I, I felt that way too, is you think that it's all developers, and it's not. I mean, they have community managers for project management, a lot of the organizational skills, communication stuff. Obviously, you're not a developer, but where do you come in and feel like, obviously, you speak multiple languages and and can communicate in multiple languages, which is a huge benefit given that we're a global organization is that was that your profession working in yeah uh, more or less yes um i've graduated um, i'm a philologist a linguist and i also have um, an additional degree of translation so i'm also a professional translator um but in bulgaria which is my home country um Coming back from abroad with, you know, the, your shiny diploma from abroad, um, even if it's in philology, you still get sucked in corporations immediately. Like, they like your ethic, what you've learned abroad, because I'm coming back to Bulgaria after having graduated in Germany, I immediately found a corporate job. I was, I was first, well, okay, I started low. I was working first for one corporation and, and I was in a call center. I was a quality agent listening to agents do their phone calls. And then when I gathered some experience just working, after that, I, I, I started working in Coca-Cola in their master data department with Scandinavian languages, because that's actually, um, I studied Scandinavian philology, so Norwegian, Swedish, those languages. So I started working there uh, in their master data department. And then at some point, they, they promoted me to a project manager. And so I stayed there for, um, I don't know, for a long time, maybe close to five years. I gotta say, I was un unhappy for every working day of those five years. It was just, honestly, I was just working there and, and grinding for the money. And it was just an unfulfilling feeling. It was, it, oh, looking back now, I hate those years. I feel like they were wasted. But okay, what are you gonna do? And then, and then um, finally, I got the courage to leave Coca-Cola. And then I went on to HP, who honestly offered home office, which is why <laughs> I decided to, to yeah, just, I, I, I ditched Coca-Cola and the pay was even better in Coca-Cola, but I just, I couldn't stay there anymore. And I went to, to working in HP, which was a bit better because it was less rigid. Um, like for example, Coca-Cola wouldn't allow you to get one of those, I don't know if you're familiar, one of those fitness bowls mm -hmm. that are uh, oh okay they, they wouldn't hr hr forbade me from from having one of those uh, fitness bowls to sit on um even though you know it's so much better for your back no they forbade it and so i think that was that was like the last drop for me <laughs> and so I, I they certainly sorry? wouldn't want you to be more comfortable and more productive well apparently not um, yeah <laughs> anyway i went on to to wait to hp um which is still a corporation but a little bit less rigid and then when I got pregnant, I just knew I didn't want to come back. I didn't say it out loud, but I, I knew I, I would do something else. So I tried, I, I got 
um, certified to be a yoga instructor. By the way, I'm offering yoga in, in BDAO. You should join sometime if you if Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, anyway, so yeah, I got um, certified for yoga. Then I, I got certified for being a life coach. I just, I really was looking for ways to not return to corporations and to, to yeah, to that kind of work life. It just, it's not something that's not for me at all. Given the breadth of your experience and skill set, it must have been very frustrating for you to be basically pigeonholed into one area or one set of tasks. And it's corporations tend to be that way because you're in a role that has a specific job description and, and you're not really supposed to move out into other areas, but it, it certainly does stifle creativity. Yeah, very well said. It stifles creativity greatly. And, and the other thing is languages have always been my passion. It's, it's not a coincidence that I went on to study languages. Um, and then I was totally deprived of, um, that in any way, shape or form in those corporations. I mean, I was using the languages to communicate with these people that, but then you would communicate with your corporate clients, you know, communication with them was not always pleasant. So yeah, this is what I get to do in BDAO. Uh, going back to your question, how I use my skill set in BDAO. Yeah, let's actually, go back to the Translators Guild and <laughs> International Media Nodes. I meant to ask you about that. Yeah, great. Uh, perfect segue. Well, yeah, um, I've been active there in the uh, Translators Guild and then the International Media Nodes. I was actually super lucky to be there for the beginning of the project. And so uh, our node, the Bulgarian node, was one um, was the first ones established, um, and it was it was it was awesome. It was uh, very cool because it suddenly, aside from you know just uh, dry translating, um, it suddenly included also social media management and then communication and then community building. Um, and you gotta you gotta imagine how I felt because. I personally don't have any social media accounts. Like I used to have Facebook, but maybe I, I think I deleted it like five, six years ago. I'd never opened Instagram or Twitter before. So yeah, it was, and I had to set those up for the Bulgarian node because you have to build a community somewhere, obviously. Uh, so this was also something new, something cool, something exciting to learn. And then just the whole deck of, of it all, the, the way the teams and people work around the world async and you find a way to communicate with with all those different people who have the same goal it's inspiring honestly i i i love it and i feel like i'm in the future i really a hundred percent convinced nobody can convince me of the opposite that the DAOs are not going to be the future like and i think a very near future i think within the next 10 years everything will be a DAO. like that's not obviously that's what do you call it manual labor so yeah i feel like i'm in the future <laughs> it's amazing what what would you say to skeptics well, I was just curious. I'm sure you've talked to people in your life and you, people ask you what you're doing and you say, I'm, I'm involved in this thing it's, uh, called a decentralized autonomous organization and they furrow their brow a little bit. <laughs> I was just wondering what kind of uh, experience you've had. So far, people are always excited to hear that. Especially, I've had friends, because I put it on my LinkedIn that I'm working in a DAO. I want to broadcast it a little bit, maybe, you know, flaunt it a bit. Uh, but I, it, it's funny because I have 
people whom I haven't heard from in ages. Well, people are reaching out to me and are asking me, you know, crypto advice. <laughs> and and uh, they're like, okay, so what about your token? Tell us how does it work? And no, but I have a full-time job. I, I can never join or I have a kid and I can never join or I'm, I'm not a programmer and that's why I can never join. This is why, by the way, I had, the, I had an idea. Um, I think that's how we met actually, you and I, about telling the world a little bit more about people who work in the DAO and, you know, shattering this, this image that everybody in the DAO is, uh, is a programmer or a developer or, or knows everything about crypto. And you no, know, it's not like that. Everybody is here to learn as well. So yeah, but people do, people are u- usually excited. People are usually super excited and uh, have a lot of questions to ask when they hear that um, I'm involved in a DAO and then bankless DAO. Some of them know about bankless DAO, but those are like more the social circle of my husband. Mm-hmm. So they're also, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're well, more like my yeah. friends. Yeah. My friends, some of them have heard about DAO, some of them not, about Bankless not, but now they have, you know, they got a year full mm-hmm. from me. <laughs> right, from both of you now. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's great. I've, I'm trying to remember when, was it like November that you came in? I, I'm wanting to, I'm, or maybe early um, December, because I, I, I remember we were wrapping up season two and you and I had chatted and it's like, oh, I really want to talk to you, but I got to wrap up this other stuff. I think it was I right around December. I think that's exactly when we, when we started talking. Yeah. But yeah. So you're involved with the Translators Guild, you're involved with international media nodes. And I think, and in fact, I know we're going to do a, a segment on international media nodes, probably in a separate episode, but I'd like to touch on that because I had an opportunity to listen in on the grants committee when international media nodes were presenting their budget request for season three. And I was, I hadn't really been following IMN, but what I found was really interesting is how much reach IMN has with a very limited budget. We're talking about over 90% of the world's population is non-English speaking. And that's half of the Bankless DAO membership. And we have a lot of countries and a lot of languages to reach and to be able to localize things and be able to do that in a nimble way. And I was just wondering, would you be able to maybe touch on international media nodes a little bit and maybe just give listeners a, a little overview of the top line priorities there and, and what you feel some of your biggest or the, the media nodes themselves, the successes have been to date and, and where you are heading in season three, just because a, a, a high level of... Um, absolutely. Yeah, um, actually... In season three, I'm uh, the member's point of contact uh, for the Translators Guild. Um, I find that one of my biggest tasks there is actually to serve as a bridge between newcomers and even more settled members and the International Media Nodes project. Because within our guild and I think also within Bankless DAO, it generates a great deal of interest. And, and there's a reason why the International Media Nodes, in my mind, it's like the the door to the non-English speaking world, which like you said, is over 90% of the world's population, even closer to 95. So uh, a lot of people are interested. New nodes are are springing up. Um, New nodes are constantly in the pipeline. And I love the movement of of this because ever since we've started, um, I don't think there has been a month without a new node springing up. And uh, that's just awesome awesome to observe. It's awesome to help people onboard the project 
um, which is actually super inclusive, super open. The nodes are quite independent when it comes to their to creating their own content. Obviously, we're also translating DAO con- BDAO content and HQ content, is, um, thusly making it more widely available in our home countries. But we're also able to create our own content. And I'm not, not just talking crypto articles or, or articles about Web3. I'm also talking funny memes or the podcasts, YouTube videos. We're, we're, everybody's doing their thing. And it's, it's awesome because you also get to express yourself through your node and all the ideas you have and you can implement. Like the Twitter cam- campaign I mentioned, like Dowai wasn't, met with a great enthusiasm well guess what we implemented uh, within the imn and it was quite successful uh, it was the howie dow campaign yes and, um, i saw that i saw that my tweet got translated into three languages i love it <laughs> oh that's so <laughs> it was cool fantastic. i was seeing retweets and i'm like oh my god it's great <laughs> yeah it's really fun to see your own stuff translated that's great <laughs> <clears throat> That's so well, yeah, that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of languages. Like, y- you have the feeling that you're able to touch people a little bit more if you're able to communicate with them in their own language. A lot of these memes are US based or pretty US things or, or, you know, very Western oriented. I'm wondering how well those memes translate, or do you have completely separate memes that are either country or culture specific that you've seen that are interesting in a, in a way that you maybe hadn't thought of uh, before you saw it. Definitely aside from translation, there is, I guess, technical term within translation that uh, professional translators also offer. And it's called localization. Localization is about tweaking and fine tuning a text when translating in order to make it more understandable and feel closer to the local, to the specific geographic audience that you're addressing. In my case, for example, Bulgarian people, or even like you can do lo- localization within America, within uh, moving fr- within the US, moving from state to state, like a certain, a certain expression would probably could mean one thing in Alabama and completely different in Wyoming, let's say, or so this is what localization is. This is what the international media nodes do um, in terms of visual content, like memes. Yes, sometimes you have to tweak them, or sometimes you can make them a bit funnier by, for example, using uh, a crypto influencer from your own space, from your local uh, crypto space, or you know, just public face would work better if it were if it were more more known to your own. Um, audience so yeah sometimes we tweak totally but um, the thing is we're building a community we're onboarding people to crypto most of us most most of the nodes try to publish beginners content this is by far what's more most interesting for our audience because most people are new to the whole thing who are trying to learn and that's why they came to join our communities the more educated your audience is the more raw material you can present to them and you know be able to enjoy it to to appreciate it on the level that it's meant to be appreciated uh so basically what i'm saying is the more you teach your audience the more you open up the crypto space for them the more they're going to be able to appreciate the native folklore if i can say or lore if i can call it that big memes or articles or a dao punk legend or something like that and, and you, may, you bring up a good point, which is we are all newcomers in this space. 
well, it's still such a young industry, and we're all learning all the time. And every new protocol that comes out, nobody knows anything about it until they research it. And to that end, I would say I would encourage anyone that is getting started and doesn't even know where to begin that Bankless DAO is a great place to start because it is so welcoming. And as a beginner, like you were mentioning, you all immediately have the opportunity to teach others. So as you're learning, I've always felt, and I know it's true, the studies have, have shown, if you learn something with the intention of sharing that knowledge or teaching others, you learn it better. It's just, it's just like immersing yourself in a culture to learn the language and learn the culture and colloquialisms and and all of that. You have to immerse yourself in it and communicate and share. Absolutely. Too bad you can't see me nodding my head, but uh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will start doing video podcasts for the folks that are that don't mind being on camera. So that is coming down the pike. Cool. But yeah, I know you're a busy woman. I don't want to uh, take too much more time. And I know it's late where you're at. Your children are sleeping and you're probably getting ready to wrap up your day. Are you on socials or if you'd just like to be communicated with inside the Bankless DAO Discord, you are GPE is your Discord handle. And I forget what your numbers are afterward, but if somebody types it right inside the Bankless DAO Discord. Um, you'll find me immediately. Um, yeah, I prefer Discord because I'm not personally on social media. You can always reach the, the Bulgarian international media now, Bankless BG. But I'm honestly, I prefer and um, yeah, I prefer Discord if that's okay for you. Perfect, perfect. Someone yeah. listening to this who's interested in international media nodes and might want to either connect up with their home country or has expertise in one or more languages. What is the best way for someone to to introduce themselves to come into the DAO Discord and participate? I'd say for first of all, for somebody outside of the DAO or uh, outside of BDAO, somebody who is not yet in, but would like to urgently get in touch with uh, their international media notes, then they should absolutely hit us up on Twitter. I am in Bankless. That's what, that's the account. We will, somebody will immediately get back to you. Uh, uh, this is where we are. Follow us. Um, there's interesting things that we post. Everybody feel free to, to join, to get in touch with us. Otherwise, within BDAO, head on to the Translators Guild. And from there, within the Translators Guild, there's a dedicated channel to international media notes. But whichever channel you write in, a lot of people from the Translators Guild are involved in the, with the IMN. Somebody will definitely yeah, help, help you out. Great. Great. And for those that are already in Bankless DAO and maybe don't have uh, visibility to all of the channels, we have gated things just for, for ease of navigation. And the way to get visibility now, obviously, you can always ask somebody, but go into under role select and emoji react to the guilds and projects you're interested in. And then you'll start getting, you'll see those channels and start getting notified as to what's going on in those conversations. But people, as you said, people are always willing to help. So if you're just hopping in and, and you hop in a channel, a general channel for media nodes or just one of the welcome channels, uh, just say hi and, and tell folks what you're interested in and, and somebody will help direct you exactly thank you you put it very well <laughs> all right a lot of things have changed over the past few months one of the ways that we welcome new members and there is a membership cost with bank you have to have thirty-five thousand bank in order to be a, a member but we also pretty freely give out guest passes and those are pretty easy to get you just have to go through first quest and then 
you get that guest pass tag and we encourage people to, to hook up with, with a member who's active and ask how to get involved. And you would be one of those people. So for Translators Guild or International Media Nodes, the person I talked to, it's Jipe yeah. from Bulgaria. And exactly. we are yeah. just delighted to have you. I'm so happy that you joined Bankless DAO. And I still remember our initial conversation. And I am just delighted that we've been able to finally get together and, and have this chat. So again, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, same here, Rose. Thank you very much. It, it, it was a really a pleasure. Thank you. All right, everybody, welcome to the forum post review segment of Making Bank. Today we uh, are chatting with James Montgomery and uh, we're talking about the Governator Project uh, Season 3 budget proposal. Um, so, James, can you just give us the quick elevator pitch version of what this proposal is about? Hell yeah, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, Governator is going to start out as a Discord bot. So... Uh, its main goal is to, to replace uh, simple reaction polls and such polls to offer private um, soft governance things. So imagine voting for a guild organizer. That typically doesn't happen in Snapshot. That's going to be something that is just simply gated by your guild tag and on uh, such poll. But all the votes are public. So our first... Uh, so pr privacy is... a is a big thing in that that forum post. So is that what you're you're talking about? It happens out in the open on these sesh polls. There's no privacy for for the voting. Is that that's the issue? Yeah, that's that's part one of the issue. Um, the MVP will go to tackle that and ultimately be a replacement for sesh. Um, and, and, and it opens us to build some other things in the long term that are really interesting, like um, election automation that would go on repeat every season, um, depending on what you set up. Because right right now. For every um, every poll, we have to create it individually each time. There's no automation currently with within Sesh. Correct. Gotcha. Um, is there any concern with taking creating a private uh, way of voting that there's a way to manipulate those votes? Uh, like, is this an on-chain solution that can be verified? Um, uh, V1 will not be um, pushing on-chain. Uh, I'd love to explore something like zero knowledge proofs to ensure that your vote was cast as you expect and ultimately deliver right something that you can um, verify that happened. Uh, the MVP will be seeking to just get something out the gate so we can test is this useful um, and be able to build some something more trustful on top of that. Yeah, so it's, it sounds like this first version, there there will be an element of, hey, you have to trust the process and the people that built it, but with goals for long-term to be able to, like you're saying, use those zero-knowledge proofs, um, which I think is going to be a huge thing for the, the entire space. You know, everybody's wanting that technology, and uh, it's obviously on its way, but uh, not not quite ready yet. Um, and I think in terms of the, the MVP, at least there will be a certain amount of auditability. So if you choose to, you can publish the results of that poll afterwards, um, or you know, a trusted admin can go and view them to make sure things are right. So there are but some checks and balances there. Yeah. Um, if if there was to be some you know some poll that was put into contention, and we we could then review it and and make right. sure that there was no 
uh, you know, no manipulation. Yeah, the poll creator will not have an ability to to modify votes. Um, this is explicitly not something that, that they can do. Um, the only the only vector of attack would be uh, if someone gained database access and they could modify everything. That's that's really the main orient right now. And I imagine that that does happen sometimes, but is not a, a huge concern because that's typically a pretty difficult thing to do. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean it's something that like the developers would have, but that's a for now thing. Yeah. Um, so, is it just a Discord bot, uh, or can we use this if if the DAO and really any DAO decides to move on from? Uh, using Discord, you know, right now it's the most popular platform that everybody's using, but who knows when and if that will change. Uh, is this something that we could continue using beyond Discord? Yeah, great question. The plan is for that to be the case. Um, my design philosophy for products is to meet uh, the user where they are, uh, and we're on Discord. And so the MVP in the first versions will highly um, point towards that usage. Um, the infrastructure that we're building and the way that we're going to design this product is to become, become flexible over time. So you would potentially be able to vote simply on the governor site. Um, and we can have other integrations in the future to bring these things offsite. Whether you're going to use an API or other platforms that offer polls or a place to publish, imagine Slack or maybe Twitter. Yeah. And so like the, the funds that you're asking for in this proposal to, to fund this development is not specific to, to Discord, although that's one element to make it work with that, but it's you're really building something that can then be used um, in, in many different places wherever we decide to to move to, I suppose. Right, and so the, this MVP funding for Season 3 is bootstrap something that we could use, even if it's just for ourselves right now. Um, scratch our own itch. It's a great, another great philosophy that I like to live by. And, and while we do that, build something that could potentially grow into these other areas that I'm really excited about. Right, because right now it's a pain point for the the DAO. That's a, it's an issue that we would like to solve. You're putting forth a proposal, hey, we can solve this and we can make it um, with the potential that it could turn into something bigger. So with, with that in mind, is there any plans to make it a revenue generating project uh, or is it just a service to the DAO? And I think the answer to that is that it starts out kind of as a service to the DAO with potential to um, become a revenue generating project. But what's what's your, what's your take on that? Yeah, I definitely agree on that take. the The short term is that there, there there's really not a great amount of DAOs who could pay a typical SaaS model for for something like a bot, which is a monthly fee. You know, maybe it scales per number of of people that need access, etc. Uh, but like bots don't make a terrible amount of money. Like Seshbot, which is what we're trying to take down, makes about two hundred grand a year. Um, which is not nothing, but it's also not the biggest product that was ever made. And so we are easily, arguably, going to be targeting a much smaller audience, a much smaller target market. So um, the ability for this to make crushing amounts of money, I think, is uh, not something that's available right now, maybe in the long term. Um, so the short term is probably be very grants-oriented, maybe have a small fee for, for some sort of premium and build some sort of... Um, public goods or open source alliance around it of DAOs that want to continue to support the development of this software and continue to use it. 
So it sounds like it could be like a, a Gitcoin grant funded type of thing if if it caught on. Correct. Um, is there any maintenance cost to this or is it like a one-time build? So if we started implementing it and it never caught on or became a revenue generating project, is there an ongoing cost that would to, to upkeep it and, and continue making it work? Yeah, so it would be impossible to create any type of technology that, that requires no maintenance over time. Um, that said, I think you, we would be able to get into a pretty reasonable, stable state to say, okay, we got to the end of the season, we've all decided it. we don't want to put any more money towards it. We can kind of keep the lights on if we see it, that it's usable just with ourselves. I don't think that that's going to be something that will break the bank, so to speak. And that's like, you know, not a worst case scenario, but that's not the, that's not the goal is to, to just have it at that, but that's saying, Hey, if it, if it doesn't catch on, but it, it fits our needs for something, we can keep running it for minimal cost. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, another a big piece in the the post uh, you were talking about uh, education around uh, it in general. Um, are you working with any other projects within the DAO, uh, Bankless Academy, Education Guild, any any of the different stuff that is already working on education type products? Um, are you guys planning to work work with them on on the education and what's kind of the, the goal of that uh, piece? Yeah, great question. Um... I think that working with other guilds is going to be a strong inevitability, especially come season four. Right now, we are going to be working with the research guild to get a better understanding of how are guilds governing things? What types of automation are they looking for to, to help try to orient? You know, I have, I have a pretty good idea having organized the developers guild and, and, and seeing the journey of the entire DAO to understand what kind of things do we need to build. But I also want to confirm that with uh, the current guild runners. So we're doing that now with the research guild while building this MVP private polling, uh, something super minimal that we know that we'll need for the rest of the automation. Come season four, um, I think that there's a really good chance of expanding on that, not only in terms of research and the technical side of things to run automated governance votes, et cetera, in elections, but to also educate people why or how. So when, when it comes to someone uh, like a layperson's default understanding of governance or how to run a simple election, it would be something like the winner takes all. You have you can vote on one guy and like uh, you know that that person is the winner. Um, but there are other ways to run you know quadratic quadratic voting or or ranked choice like being two good things that, that come up often and to educate folks that one those exist and two when to use them and how to use them. Um, versus something like maybe NFT votes or, you know, simple Discord, one one person, one vote um, polls. So the goal will be to, you know, with this MVP, confirm that there is a need for the product at this level. And uh, I expect that there will be. I hope that there is. And then two, work with um, Marketing Guild. Um, Analytics Guild has come up. Bankless Consulting. Um I think there's definitely room for Bankless Academy here as well to um, to bridge that gap. But for Governator to be a place to educate on how to run governance and how to do these different types of, of elections and why, and offer the solutions to be able to do so. So I, I really look forward to that two pronged approach as a long term um, as a long term product. Because right now the process for voting is 
um, well, every DAO kind of does it differently, but let's take Bankless DAO. Um, we have token voting via snapshot, um, but that really is the big major decisions. We have uh, the forum posts to get consensus around ideas, and we do like a, a soft consensus voting. Um, and then, then we have all these sesh polls. So we kind of have different layers of, of that voting. Um, and it sounds like this can be something that kind of consolidates them into a single um, uh, mechanism for, for voting in a way. Yeah, like, can, can you incorporate person. token voting into that um, system? And I yeah. guess I'm thinking from from like a user ex- experience perspective, could could then all of those votes be on a single web page or or something like that? You know? Yeah, potentially. I mean, I, I think Snapshot has API um, to be able to do that, and uh, Web three signing is something that is open to do. Um, it, it's something that we definitely want to explore for sure, and I, and then and I know that there are decent amounts of um, ways to do so. So it's hard for me to promise one versus the other. Yeah, and I'm just thinking, very important to me, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm thinking of it from you know right now voting, getting people to vote is is difficult because well, well, one of the reasons because is there are so many different places where we're we're voting, and mm-hmm. you know you get voter fatigue, and people can't keep up with the the stuff. Um, uh, you know. Speaking from personal experience, of, of you know, getting overwhelmed with how much is going on happens very often in in the DAO, um, which is great. But uh, I think the easier we can make it for people to vote, um, I'm all for it. Uh, and you're like you're saying, ranked choice voting and looking at some of these other systems where it's not just um, you know the highest percentage wins, and uh, you know, there's different ways of, of doing these. Uh, I think it's great. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, just like making a... that easier for people to vote. Yeah, in terms of so making it easier to vote, I think is why I've come to to the Discord bot to begin with because one click reaction vote super easy. Uh, as we've seen in Bankless DAO, that giant polls channel can, especially if you don't check in too often, it can be super um, off base and, and out of context at times. So I do think there's a path forward in Governor to go to the Governor site and not only see here all the polls and votes. Uh, eligible right now, and you can maybe hook yourself up to get email notifications, right? But here's all the votes eligible right now for me at Bankless DAO. But actually, here's all the polls and elections eligible right now across all the DAOs that participate through Governator. And I think something like that is super um, impactful, especially if we were to combine that with um, Snapshot or other or other voting mechanisms. I think that, uh, I forget the name of it, there's a another aggregate um, governance framework that just came out to kind of do this. kind of what you're asking is a, uh, a dashboard of voting per se. Yeah, that's really essentially an aggregator of, uh, of the different voting mechanisms that you, that you use. Um, yeah. And, and likewise, we want to be able to participate in other aggregation services as well. So uh, part of the, the role of governator in the long term is to have an API that you could pull and it would provide um, permission view of what what other aggregators could look for as well. So both ways. Great. Well, we're just about at the time. Do you have any last comments uh, before we wrap it up? Yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, this topic gets me very fired up, and 
you know, we're aiming to get this thing out by the end of the season. So come check out some of the progress in the GovBot channel and Bankless Now Discord. Awesome. Thank you, James, for joining us. Um, we encourage everybody to follow the link in the show notes to see not only this proposal, but all the proposals there. Uh, it's a constant stream of, of new stuff on, on forum. Lots of good, good posts. Definitely recommend checking it out. Um, do you have any social media channels that people or just follow you in, in discord? Uh, you know, any, anything to plug? Yeah, I've got a Twitter <laughs> at WP Monty. Really not on brand there. I got to change that one, but, uh, not even dot ETH. Not even dot. Well, it's James W. Montgomery dot ETH is the name, but the handle uh, is at WP Monty. Gotcha. Well, yeah. yeah, people can go, go, go follow him on Twitter mm -hmm. and, uh, make sure to follow podcast hatchery as well. And making bank will be showing up on that feed. Um, and, uh, yeah, we will, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks, James. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of making bank. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next week on making bank.